episode of Spawned is brought to you by Amulet Books. Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo is the third installment in the hilarious New York Times best-selling children's book series filled with inventions, science experiments, and baseball-playing robots by former National Ambassador for Young People's Literature John Sheska and mad scientist illustrator Brian Biggs. That's Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo, on sale now from Amulet Books. And welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Or as Charlie Capen from How to Be a Dad wrote, it's smart plus funny, which makes it smunny. We invented a word. <laughs> or actually, he invented a word. <laughs> we're stealing your word, Charlie. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPics.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we'll talk about the million-dollar question from a listener. <laughs> oh, How yeah. not to mess up your kids. And then, should everyone get a trophy? We are tackling this hot topic that's been making the rounds once again, as it does every year for the last 20 years. And finally, we'll close out our show with each of our cool picks of the week. But first, if you have questions, comments, suggestions for future Spawned episodes, you can always reach out to us at Spawned at CoolMomPicks.com, tweet us at CoolMomPicks with the hashtag Show, or visit our Facebook page. So... Should we start with our first topic? Yes. And now, we get a lot of our great topic ideas from our own listeners who are writing us great letters. Yes. So thank you for sending us emails and you're not signing them best. So that means you really are good <laughs> listeners. So this question came from listener Rebecca. So she doesn't actually have kids yet. I'm not sure if she has Wait a Wait a second. You mean people who don't have children listen to Spawn? Isn't that crazy? Is that allowed? What's wrong? Well, they have a lot more free time, you know. <laughs> True that. So Rebecca wrote to us and she she basically said, how do you not mess up your kids? Whoa. Now, what was interesting is she, the way she phrased it is, how do you raise a kid that will be successful and happy when they leave the nest? Isn't that an ultimate goal? And I thought, well, first oh my of, gosh. Well, first of all, that's like pretty awesome that she's asking us that. I know. Because in 10 episodes, we've apparently given people the impression that we can answer <laughs> that question. So I wrote back to her. And the first thing I said is, here's the awesome thing about parenting. You don't give birth to a teenager. Thank God for that. <laughs> you don't give birth to an adult who's about to leave the nest and get off in the right, world. Right, you so, get lots of time. Yeah, you give birth to a baby, and then every day you have yet one more day to learn a little bit more about your child and about parenting in general and about what you're supposed to do and not do and what makes sense for you. And then all of a sudden you hit five, and you're like, hey, I have a pretty cool five-year-old. And I one survived. Day, yeah, you're like, I have a seven-year-old. I still and then, have all my body parts. They still have all their body parts. Life is good. Exactly. So it's it seems like she had a lot of things in her own childhood that, to use her words, left her bitter. And so she's a little concerned well, about you know having kids of her own. I think that's, that's a valid concern. You know, I was really worried about this, too. In fact, I wasn't even sure that I wanted to have kids. Uh, me, too. I know. Specifically because of my own personal upbringing. I had a crappy childhood. But you know what? I turned it around after, what, maybe, <laughs> maybe kid two or three, and I thought about it more in terms of how can I raise awesome kids? Because I think sometimes when you think about it in a negative, that seems counterintuitive. Well, I, it's kind of like I don't go into a new job and think, how can I not 
screw this up. That's such a good point. That's so, so true. When, I think it's the same thing with kids. I think you just have to go into it and think like, can I love them? Do I have the time and energy and inclination for this? Do I want this? Do I love my partner? If you have one, do I feel like we can agree on the big things like religion and values and football team allegiances? Like those things, <laughs> those are those things seem like not important, but they end up being very important. It's weird that the small things always end up being a lot bigger. I know. Well, I've said to you that my ex was a big fan of the Washington football team. And so, yeah, he wanted to name each of my girls Clinton Portis. <laughs> Did you guys talk about this beforehand or was that we something probably that popped should up? Have. <laughs> so basically, how do you not mess up your kids? I mean, I think all you can do is like do your best as with anything. There's no guarantees. There's so many things that go into a healthy adult, right? And it's not just your upbringing. There's genetics and there's biology and there's environment and the influence from friends. And like you said, you didn't have a great childhood. And I can attest to the fact that you have four awesome kids. Thank you. And I'm okay. I made it out all right. My kids are okay and actually awesome. Thank you. And you know what? We can't necessarily tell you, Rebecca, and those of you out there who don't have kids, you know, what is going to work. But there are some proven things. Oh, right. Well, we can talk about what won't mess them up. Right, right. There are some proven (laughs) things that won't mess them up. Or there are some things that will mess them up. Maybe we should talk about that. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so so I would say don't have your kids sleep in a closet under the stairs. <laughs> right, but then they could be a wizard. <laughs> they could be a magical wizard. Okay, wiz. okay, so that's not a good one. Okay. okay, I would say if you have two sets of identical twins, don't send them off to live with a creepy grandmother in a house where they have to live in the attic <laughs> and make paper flowers to entertain themselves because that could go all kinds of wrong. So uh, don't do that. Yes. Uh, not a good idea. Uh, I would always say beating them with wire hangers is <laughs> no wire hangers. Good, yeah, not a good choice. That's a good three-word mantra, yeah. Um, also, you know... Don't send your little girl through the woods alone to deliver snacks for her grandmother. Like, I would not do that. That's something I would not do. I don't think that would help you raise a healthy adult. Yep, that's pretty much going to mess them up. Or mine, you know, this is sort of the one that I'm reminded of often, is that if if you have a child that's born green, mm-hmm. don't send her away to boarding school just to get rid of her and give her striped She socks. might not be popular. Okay, here's my final advice. Okay. Seriously, this right. is one this- thing you should not do with your kids if okay. you want to raise healthy adults, don't get them wet or feed them after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, awesome. I think this all just goes to show, you know, there's no, like, guarantees in life. You can just have fun, do your best, listen to people like us or listen to people smarter than us and uh, make your way through it. So what do you guys think, those of you who have kids? Do you have advice on how to raise successful, amazing wonderful children who know how to do their own laundry and can actually get their underwear in the laundry basket? What? I no, know. I don't believe such a thing is possible. I can't wait. I hope it happens to us. You can tweet us at CoolMomPics with the hashtag Spawn Show. Catch us on Facebook or email us spawned at CoolMomPics.com. We, we love your emails. Yes. They're awesome. So thanks for all those and we can't wait to hear more. All right, so we're going to talk about the big, huge trophy scandal in the news. But first, we have a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Amulet Books. Book three in the hilarious science-themed children's book series from Amulet Books 
Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo is perfect for fans of Diary of a Wimpy Kid and great for new chapter book readers who are really looking for something funny and smart to read. Yeah, my son Drew picked it up. He's eight years old and he is halfway through it already. I'm looking at it right now. It's hilarious. You have to appreciate that the pitcher's name in the very first paragraph (laughs) is Jane Goodall. Oh, that's awesome. It's from the New York Times bestselling team of John Sheska and Brian Biggs. They've created a unique world of fun, integrating real science facts, combined with adventure, humor, and robots. Robots are always cool. So basically, this is the third in a six-book series that follows the adventures of kid inventor and scientist Frank Einstein. Get it? Frank Einstein. Ah, ah, nice. Clever. And his best friend is Watson, and his two robots are Clink and Clank. And it really encourages middle grade readers, like your son, yes. to question the way things work and how they, too, can experiment with science. And it's all broken up with illustrations and experiments it's and really problems. Funny. It's the kind of book, like, your kid's going to pick it up, open to a page, and right away they're going to be interested in it. I think it looks amazing. So, again, it's called Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo by John Sheska and Brian Biggs, and it's available through Amulet Books. Okay, so this is a really big topic this week, and this seems to come up all the time. Yeah, well, you know, it's like most parenting topics. It sort of makes the the rounds again. (laughs) (laughs) But this one, everybody's up in arms. And so James Harrison, the football player, posted on Instagram this past week saying that he was going to make his kids return their participation trophies because they hadn't really earned them. So he felt that they hadn't won something and didn't deserve a trophy. Exactly. He's like, they need to actually win in order to get a trophy. It was a photo of the trophies. And that that's like pretty harsh, like making them give, give them it back. back. Yeah. It's one thing to just roll your eyes. But I think it was like a pretty bold move. So I'm guessing there was plenty of internet Outrage. Yes. Outrage. (laughs) We need an outrage sound cue. I know. As always. I mean, you know what? It's an interesting topic because we, we, look, we talked about this three years ago. We went back into the recesses of the internet. I know. 2012. To find my, I think mine came up first. I wrote about it because my son was playing baseball and this was when we lived in Atlanta and it was the end of the year. They lost the playoffs. He knew it. All the kids knew it. And And he's like five or six years old. He's young. Yeah, he was young. And so basically they said you need to send in 10 bucks so they can get their trophy. And I was like, Wait, uh, that's, a, that's like a money-making I scam. Mean, like what? <laughs> a trophy? And so you know what? We actually skipped the dinner. I did that. I played that card, Liz. You skipped the dinner with your son. I, I remember you writing it. about this. I skipped the dinner and I refused to get him a trophy. And you know what I find interesting about this? And yeah. I don't know if James Harrison's kids have weighed in, but Drew, my son, was like, why are we getting a trophy we didn't win? Like he was uh, very So you aware. weren't like horrible, abusive mom that took your kids out of the dinner. <laughs> no. It was more like the kid going, well, I don't know why I... I would get a trophy anyway. It just didn't make any sense to him. And then you responded, right? I mean, you came up with one too. Well, soon after, there was this English teacher. I'm sure a lot of people know his speech. His name was David McCullough. And he wrote this amazing speech that he gave at the Wellesley graduation called, You Are Not Special. (laughs) And it was really good. And boy, it made people crazy. And I wrote about it. it. You linked it up. And we'll put all the links, by the way, because there's going to be a lot of links today over on Cool And it got picked up on Huffington Post. Yeah, it was a really big topic. And so maybe it's a generational thing, but a trophy was something really special. Like if you won the championships of your Little League game, which I didn't do because I sucked at Little League. 
Yeah. I did cartwheels in the field. <laughs> you know, my parents were like, maybe it's time to step out of Little League and just finish gymnastics because you're doing cartwheels in the outfit. I like how they presented that to you. They did. It was, it was a, a positive, it was positive. Way. Yeah. Oh. And so we, you know, you got a trophy if you won. Right. And if you didn't win, you, whatever, you went out to ice cream with your team and you said, great year. It and was that was fine. It. You're right. It has changed over the years. We wrote these posts in 2012. And I think now we're here, late 2015. And this is a big deal. But it lends itself to a greater issue that I'm seeing. Yeah. In terms of grade inflation and, you know. Like, and helicopter parenting. Helicopter parenting. I think a lot of it is that every parent wants their kid to have the trophy. And, you know, it kind of happened to us. The first time I noticed it, my girls were taking, like, gymnastics when they were little. They were, like, four and six and at the end of the year everybody got a little trophy and stood up and accepted it and I know it made them feel really good because kids like having trophies but I felt uncomfortable yeah and I couldn't quite identify it but I realized I'm like why are they getting a trophy for like just me paying a lot of money to go to a club I Here's know trophy. like I mean is there a differentiation for you though between trophies and like ribbons like, yes I actually with, think like, there a is ribbon or like a little thing like a you know a little a token. commemorative token because look I mean it's a big deal at least I don't know about your kids your kids are great my kids can have their their issues paying attention and you know like being positive and participatory so I want to be able to reward kids for that behavior I think it's great I think rewards are good but there's something to me about a trophy that's symbolic and when I look at their shelf in their little bedroom and they've got these trophies up with gymnasts on them I want to kind of like sneak them out because I don't want people (laughs) it's like false advertising people are going to be like whoa they won gymnastics trophies and I'm going to be like no children the tooth fairy left you five (laughs) dollars but she took your trophies She now takes teeth and trophies. <laughs> but actually, our friend Wit Honey disagreed. Yes. And, and and he's super smart. I think his issue was about returning the trophy. Because he said the idea of a participatory mm-hmm. trophy is not to make everyone a winner, but to acknowledge that the child put time and effort. And so having them return it... You know, is sort of, you know, the idea that only being the best is good enough when, in fact, giving one's best should have that mantle. So I think there's a difference between getting a trophy in the first place and having to give it back. Like, there's kind of, I can see why people were upset about the idea of a kid having to be the only kid in the club who had to, like, walk back with his head between his legs and be like, here, sir, here's your trophy. Right, right. <laughs> like, I mean, there's but something he, kind of sad but about Wit that. still agrees that people should get participatory trophies. Um, which, you know, I think, eh. ah, you know, okay, here's what's interesting. So Kelly Wallace also on the CNN Parents Facebook page had a really good discussion about it. And she included the author Hillary Levy Friedman and she included Ashley Merriman who who just wrote Top Dog, but a lot of people know her. She wrote, along with Poe Bronson, uh, Nurture Shop. Oh, yes. Which is fantastic. That was huge. And I actually had the pleasure of le- meeting Ashley Merriman. We were on Katie Kirk together yes. talking about this very topic Listen several to you, years ago. Name dropper. I know, I sound fancy. You are fancy. I was not that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley's point, based Based on research is that kids that get a trophy for just showing up, it actually doesn't help them in the long run. There's actually research that losing is good for you. And she wrote a really good editorial in the Times about how, like, losing is good for you. And that she's researched the effects of praise and rewards on kids. And the science basically has determined that while awards can be powerful motivators, nonstop recognition doesn't inspire children to succeed. Yes. And I thought that was a really good distinction. That is. Because we all want to like tell our children, you're great, you're awesome, you're the most perfect little sparkly <laughs> snowflake in the world. And she had this really funny line on the show. She said, you know, when you say to your kid, oh my God, that is the best drawing ever. 
your son is like, what, I peaked at four? Yeah, that's, that, I love that because it's such a good point. Well, you know, Jessica Leahy's book just came out, The Gift of Failure, and yeah. it's blowing up the internet, and I'm glad it's blowing up the I internet. I know, it's really good. I'm just reading it right now. When yeah. you do fail, I mean, it's awful. It's horrible. And yeah. so many people, you read about how, like, I forget where it was, where they showed how many times people had failed. Like, Albert Einstein failed, like, 150 times. Yeah. Like, so many people have failed. Marie Curie. Like, all these people. And I think we have learned to cope. And I'm worried about these next generations being able to cope with failure because they're never let to fail. It's well, like, it's okay. But I do agree. You know, not just that if you get a participation trophy that it maybe is hurting you somehow. I think it takes away from the winners. I do too. <laughs> and no one talks about that. And from the entire experience of winning. Like the person that won should get the damn trophy. <laughs> like everybody else can get a ribbon or, you know, Ashley oh. actually had a really good idea on the that. Facebook post. She was like, why can't there be some sort of participation acknowledgement like a photo of your team that everybody gets at the end of the year or like a little book that everybody signs? You mean signs. like we used to do yeah. back long time ago? So there ago? are other ways to commemorate this wonderful community experience I and totally being on a team agree. together besides here's your trophy for showing up. But this lends itself to a greater issue, yeah. which is helicopter parenting. Yeah. And also that article in The Atlantic. Please, we'll link this up. It's so good. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind. I haven't even read this, so, so I have to see it you know, too. Basically, it's this idea that all the trigger warnings, mm-hmm. all this you know, padding and making everything like nice and safe and okay is actually becoming a detriment to students and adults as they're learning and growing up. Well, I'm seeing that now. And I don't want to be the old, like, Gen X lady who's like, get off my lawn, you kids, and get back to your sexting. (laughs) You know, but, (laughs) like, I see the difference in a lot of millennial, entry-level people in the work world and the attitudes about entitlement and working and paying dues is very different than no, when it's we super were starting different. Out. And like I said before, it's mm-hmm. like what happens when you do fail? What right. happens when you do lose? Losing is so important. Crazy. And I always talk to my kids about that. I always say you have to learn how to be a good loser and you have to learn how to be a good winner. I think that's great. And the, it's easier said than done. Like, you I'm know, a when really you have competitive good loser. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, seriously, after Donald Trump calling everybody in this planet a loser, I think that's going to be like the new hip thing. Can I give that back? Is it like my trophy? Donald <laughs> Trump gave me the loser trophy. I want to give it back. Where can I return it, Mr. Trump? I would keep that one with pride. I would polish that one and hang it on my mantle for life. One thing I learned, which is really helpful, my mom taught me this. She's a great educational consultant. She's super smart. And she always said to me since my kids were little that it's okay to praise your kids, but praise the verb, not the noun. Ah. And what she meant was say to your kids, wow, you worked really hard on that picture, didn't you? As opposed to that picture is the best ever. Oh, so that's you're awesome. talking about the effort that went into it as opposed to talking about the end result. Because, you know, we are prone to hyperbole as parents and we want to love our kids and tell them everything they did is the best thing in the world. It makes you feel good as a parent, but it may not be so great for your kids in the long run. So I think it's okay to say, I'm really proud of you. You worked really hard on the field today. I love that. Another big one for me is letting kids lose. And I think you need to temper that based on their age. So it is developmentally appropriate for kids to get upset. Yeah. Not so much when you're like a 37-year-old guy but it's okay and to playing say, Pictionary. I understand that you feel bad when you don't win. Like, that's okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah. you know what? You won't 
win all the time. And yes. I think that's just as important to know. Yeah. And actually, a technique that I've used before is that you you can kind of really ease kids into being okay with losing by, by managing yeah. the ratio. So do like three or four times when they win. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they have one loss. And you know what? I want to say this for the parents, too. Like, just because your kid does not get a trophy or a reward of some sort does not mean that they are lesser. They're not less than. I remember writing about this. My daughter's first day at kindergarten, and the teacher had what was called a star chart. And it's, my gosh, it's just a behavior modification tool (laughs) for one poor woman (laughs) with a classroom of 27 four- and five-year-olds to help manage them. And so it was just like a little chart. So if a kid does an extra nice thing that day, or it was really based on the kid. So if a kid, you know, normally cries when their parents drop them off and they don't cry that day, they get a star. Yeah, it's great. So it's, Works you know, everybody got a star. Well, she's telling us about this in the opening parents' day, and the hands start to go oh, up. No. And someone's like, well, what if my kid doesn't get a star? And someone's like, yeah, my kid didn't get a star yesterday, and I heard about it. And someone's like, well, that kid got three stars, and my kid got no stars. I was like... What the hell is going on in this world? Like, it's not a big deal. The teacher, who was so awesome, I'm, I love her. She finally looked at everybody and said, we have never had this much discussion about the star chart. And I've been doing it for 15 years. The star years. chart t- sitting on the wall, like feeling all special. Like everyone's talking about it. It was, it was like, can we talk about like the curriculum, you guys? No, so I love that. Don't worry if your kid yes, doesn't get the one star okay. in kindergarten. He may be the kid that gets the star the next day. Yes. And the next day or all the, all the other 180 days. That kids are in school. And And hopefully after a while, kids start behaving well, not because they're getting a star, but because it's the right thing to do. And I think really that's what this all comes down to. Hopefully your kids are not playing soccer to get the trophy, but because they want to enjoy the experience of playing soccer. What do you guys think about this? Should kids get participation trophies? Should James Harrison force his children to give them back? Publicly? Ouch. <laughs> Tweet us at Cool Mom Picks. Use the hashtag Spawn Show or visit our Facebook page or email us spawned at coolmompicks.com. And don't forget, we will have all those links and more over at coolmompicks.com on our podcast page. You can see it in big, bold letters. Just click on that and you'll find it and all our other episodes too. Well, now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. That's the best thing ever. Well, Liz, your cool pick of the week was very controversial. I know. So. Was it a sex toy? It was not even a was sex toy. Was it a toy. period cup? It was not a period <laughs> cup. Kristen, it was a very controversial coffee cup. A glass? A glass reusable coffee cup to go. And now it's called, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Joko Cup? I think Jocko. so. J-O-C-O, the Joko Joko Reusable Glass Coffee Cup. That made Facebook go Uh, crazy. Yeah, so I received one as a sample for our website for consideration for Cool Mom Eats. And I checked it out, and I decided it was, like, the best thing ever. It's kind of like a sippy cup for adults. So it's a glass coffee cup that has silicone around it and a sip lid, just like you would get if you were getting a to-go coffee cup from But will it break, Liz? No, it will not break because it's super (laughs) strong. It's made of silicone, so it won't retain those, like, awful smells and stuff. Which is a big deal. That's why glass is so brilliant because all those other, the metal or the aluminum or whatever they are. It's eco-friendly. It'll last forever. I didn't think it would fit in your cup holder, but it turns out it does. And they happen to be extremely cute. My goodness, do people on Facebook go <laughs> I know, crazy? I don't understand. I mean, I get where you you might think glass cup, maybe not so kid friendly if you're around kids or whatever. No, but really, I've these come things are strong. They have really strong tempered glass. Life Factory makes bottles. My kid's water bottle is 
glass with silicon around it. She's had it for two years with no problems. So these things have come a long way. It's not like I'm giving them like Rydell wine glasses, <laughs> you know, for their backpacks. So anyway, this cup is amazing. I love that. It's eco-friendly. You can reuse it. It looks cool. They come in tons of colors. That is my pick of the week. And I don't care if people think that you can break it. You can't. Awesome. Your loss. <laughs> well, mine is not a glass coffee cup. But is it more controversial? I, You know what? I just can't tell these days, Liz. I just don't know what is going to make people crazy. Outrage. Mine is beautiful <laughs> scarves and lovely tote bags oh, from I'm Fashionable. So I'm so glad you're picking this. Yes. So Fashionable is this wonderful company mm-hmm. that empowers and gives women, it, well, and initially was in Ethiopia, mm-hmm. it takes them off the streets, and these these women were all sex workers, and gives them fair trade wage. They have, uh, you know, a community that's safe. It's fashion able. So, yes. like the word able is big. So yes. that's kind of part of the mission. Yes. And I actually went to visit them I when know. I was in Ethiopia, I know, and I photos. was so blown away by what they're doing, how many women they're helping. And they're not just like your purchases are also giving them education, medical care, help for their kids, housing, job training. It's just the most well, phenomenal. And the, I company. mean, and the items are beautiful. Like the scarves, I just ordered something from the you newest got line. One? The I plaid? did the plaid. It's actually sitting at home in ah, a bag waiting to be opened. Everything's lovely. You get a note that's from the person who made it yeah. that says what being able to make that helped her do. Yeah, I and I save all of those. I have a stack of them from all my scarves. And it says something like, because of you, I am able to be a leader in my community. Because of you, I'm able to support my children. And it's all, I seeing the women sitting there and handwriting them. Like, it really is a real person behind the clothing that you're buying or the accessory that you're buying. And it's I just think yeah, it's and what's exciting now is that they are moving stateside, and so they're also going to be helping at-risk women here in the United States. That's so cool. So that's my pick. That's and a great pick. I love those guys. I hope everybody supports them and considers them for holiday gifts this yes, year. Yes, and we'll link those them. up. We will link everything up over on Cool Mom Picks. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Spawned with Kristen and Liz. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman, and thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And we'd love to hear from you. Yes! So if there's anything you want to chat about, we get our best ideas from you guys. So you'll find us on Twitter at CoolMomPicks, P-I-C-K-S. You can email us or, you know, check us out on Periscope. It's what all the kids are doing. And we are on Snapchat, Liz. I don't want to scare you. Hold on to your seat. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, right. And look, if you like the show, please spread the word. Guess what happened this week? What? We found out that one of our favorite cast members from Orange is the New Black listens to us. (gasps) I know. I know. She wrote to the company to try to get the magical pants that you talked about. Magical pants from our special episode. Thank you to one of our favorite shows and one of our favorite actresses for listening to the show. And please subscribe to Spawns on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.